0: Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 325. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Rakestraw. Hey, Kevin. Hey. This week on the show, we'll be reviewing Gabriel Abrantes and Daniel Schmidt's Diamantino, along with someone we're we'll watching on the watch list and going over this week's new releases in theaters, VOD, Blu ray. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember, you can help. Support Film Pulse on Patreon at patreon.com slash filmpulse, just a dollar a month. Also, please consider reviewing us on iTunes. That's extremely helpful as well. Just a couple things, a little housekeeping bits. There will be a new Ryan watches a movie this week, so stay tuned for that on Thursday. Mm -hmm. We had him watch Halloween 2018.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: That was a surprising one. Very surprising one. Let's yeah. just say that episode is brief. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's kind of a, I feel like that was kind of a Ryan first. Yeah.
0: Shocked by how that turned out. <laughs> We're going to be recording a new episode of "Save by the 90s, probably just a couple hours after we record this. So stay tuned for that. Uh, just remember that's on a separate feed. So make sure you subscribe to "Save by the 90s on your podcast provider. And keep an eye on our Twitter 90s pod to find out exactly when we'll be releasing it. I'm, I just need to look at the dates and figure out how long it's going to take me to edit and all that stuff. Mm. With that, I think we can jump into our review this week. We're talking about Diamantino. I have a synopsis here. Diamantino, the world's premier soccer star, loses his special touch and ends his career in disgrace. Searching for a new purpose, the international icon sets on a delirious odyssey where he confronts neo-fascism, the refugee crisis, genetic modification, and the hunt for the source of genius. Mm -hmm. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kevin, what did you think of uh, Diamantino?
1: Well, there's one thing that I definitely cannot argue with, and that this this is an original movie. It's definitely original. It's got some creativity in there. So, I mean, starting from that point, it's kind of hard to knock it because of mm-hmm. what it is. You know, you kind of got to give them credit for what they go for because they aim high. And uh, for the most going part, yeah, there, there's a there's whole lot going on. going
0: on. A lot going on in this movie. It's a, it is a, uh, an absurdist, satirical farce.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think all those words are correct. Now, the only thing, I don't know if they just, they, there, there might be too much going on. I, I, I'm kind of leaning that way. To me, there was just a bit too much going on. And at the same time, it seemed like they were, you know, trying to confront these, these, you know, big important issues. But I don't know. It just, it didn't really seem like they had a whole lot to say about them mm, with the, you know, with the fascism and everything.
0: It's just, I think more than anything, they were just, Satirizing what's happening in the world. I don't. I don't think they had much to say about it, other than it that, that it is ridiculous. Like yeah. I think. I think the movie in and of itself is the statement. Like, the movie's ridiculous. All of this is ridiculous, and that's yeah. what it is. Like, and I, I, I think, think that's kind of what they're going for.
1: And I think I agree with you for the yeah for the most part. And I think the only thing that kind of got me is f- like the creativity and everything seems to peter out a little bit. Maybe the you know, like halfway through or or so and it just kinda kinda dwindled there for me. I still enjoyed myself. It's still a good movie to mm-hmm. me. But it just my involvement with it, my investment in it kinda dwindled about the halfway point and then just kinda slowly slowly incrementally died as we went mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. But man, with those the it starts off so goddamn strong because you got those those giant fluffy puppies in <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> those pink clouds. And I just, you know, I was hooked right there.
0: Yeah. So just to just to step back, you have this, like the synopsis says, you have this star soccer player. It's the uh, World Cup semifinal, right? That was the semifinal match that they showed at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, It was Portugal against Chile, if I'm not mistaken. And you have Diamantino, who is like Portugal's all-star player. And the way he gets in the zone is he imagines that he's in this like cloud land where it's just everything is pink. And you have these he's in the clouds and there's just giant puppies on the field. And he just dances around these puppies with the ball. (laughs) And that's what makes him an (laughs) all-star. Oh, love it. Yeah. It's, it's pretty incredible. It's a great visual and and then what happens is he's it's the, the night before the world cup final. He's out on his, his yacht with his family trying to relax and they end up finding some, uh, rescuing some refugees. And this really affects him and it ends up making him sort of lose his, his spark, I guess. And it, it causes him to choke during the world cup final instantly turning him into a, a meme. And it's pretty rough for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he then decides that he's going to retire and adopt a, a refugee and take this refugee in it as his own. But what he doesn't know is that the refugee he adopts is a, an agent with the, Portugal secret service? Yeah, I, <laughs> which think, I that, think so. I'm not even sure what why, what that's all about. But he's being investigated for money laundering. But it's very you you learn very quickly that this guy is. He reminds me of um, what was that movie that you really loved that came out last year? I um, want to I want the, to say Laszlo, but it's not Laszlo, but it's something. Happy as Lazaro. Lazaro. This, yeah, he this, was kind of like <laughs> he reminds me of Lazaro where he's just this he's like an innocent pure soul and he just loves happy things and he just loves loving things and he doesn't realize that the the little refugee boy that he adopts is like a full-grown woman <laughs> who's undercover for the secret service. And, and not only that so he has that going on, but his evil twin sisters, they are conspiring to work with this like opposition party, this like opposition political party in Portugal to help to trick him into being like the figurehead of this sort of Portuguese version of Brexit, where they want this party to take over and build a giant wall around Portugal and pull out of the EU. <laughs> and then also, I, I don't know if the, should I be giving more away? I don't like, I don't know what would be considered spoilers in this.
1: I think it's, that's kind of the beauty of this movie is you can say every single thing that happens in this, but I don't think you would necessarily spoil like the actual experience of watching this. Yeah.
0: I just feel like it's important to know certain things. He's just go, go, going into it. Like key elements of this m- will make you want to see it. And that's, that's why I was trying to yeah, describe they, they, the plot they, a little bit, because they, <laughs> once you hear it, you're like, oh, well, I have to see this. Well, they, they, they try and
1: tap into his genius cause they want to clone it. They want to yeah. clone him and put yeah. him in a, a bunch of soccer players and then take over the world by uh, winning the World Cup year after year, or every four years, I should say. And then the I guess one of the reasons they are, one of the ways that they have to do this is using clownfish DNA and merging it with his. I'm not sure why. <laughs> oh, yeah. But then that has adverse side effects, <laughs> him growing breasts. <laughs> and it's just... They, you know, they quickly find out that there's absolutely nothing in his brain whatsoever. Yeah, <laughs> because all the dude does is he's really into bongo juice, whatever. Bongo find, juice,
0: bongo juice. <laughs> bongo juice, and Nutella waffles.
1: <laughs> That's all he does.
0: That's it. I love, I love the scene early on when the the undercover agent uh, Aisha goes to the computer and hacks into his computer. And there's a folder on his desktop that just says private <laughs> folder. And you think it's going to be something, but it's just pictures of puppies. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: my God. That's literally the only thing on his computer. Yep. <laughs> so you, you, you quickly get to learn that this guy is, you know, like you said, he's probably the most innocent person in the world. Because literally all he wants to do is drink bongo juice, eat Nutella waffles, and look at pictures of puppies that's it he literally does not want to do anything outside of that except maybe play soccer once in a while
0: he likes soccer he also likes his his little kitten named mittens
1: yeah and mittens is the best (laughs) but i don't even know if he likes playing soccer i think maybe it it seems more so that this the soccer is what brings on the fluffy puppies that he gets to see I think he's more so there just to, to visualize his fluffy puppies.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, he says early on that that's all that that was the only thing he was ever really good at, so I think that's probably one of the reasons. Also, his father, he has a really close relationship with his father and his his dad really loves soccer and wanted to support him during that. So I I think there there was several things that made him play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his sisters, though, evil, just pure evil. They're, they're so evil. They're evil to like an absolutely ridiculous degree too. like the scene where they're just they're trying to chase a pig through a hedge maze in order to slaughter it for some reason. Like, yeah, like they're rich. They live in a giant mansion. You can't bring in like nice cuts of pork. You got to. Slaughter a pig yourself.
1: Well, that's the other thing. Like, you don't have someone on the premises that slaughtered the pig for you.
0: I think they just did it because they wanted to. Like I they, so. yeah, like well, yeah. they, they, drew satisfaction out of doing that. I wouldn't disagree. Yeah, they were they were pretty horrible. I think for for me,
1: the my thing that I enjoyed the most is a lot of the visual effects because the visuals are great. Those fluffy puppies. With that pink stuff going on, yeah, and then even when, like, when it, it swished and he couldn't visualize the puppies anymore, and it was more so just like the ocean refugees, the way they would like the way they did everything with the stadium, I thought looked fantastic,
0: yeah. The uh, like, the, the one dream sequence where the whole stadium was like filled with water, and yeah, there was a they did a lot of really cool visual uh flourishes in this, and then he
1: liked the. The Lamborghini genetics, that yeah. that whole compound, mm-hmm. everything everything filmed there, too. And then, so the flip side of this is the thing that I hated the most, which I'm sure you know already, is the voiceover. Yeah. It's just yeah.
0: stupid. It's uh, there's a lot of narration in this. He he narrates the whole thing. I mean, I, I give them points for not dropping it like so so many movies do, where they like drop it after the first ten minutes. Yeah, And he pretty much consistently narrates through the whole time. And I will agree that it wasn't necessary. It didn't bother me too much because a lot of what he said was funny.
1: Yeah. I just couldn't get into it.
0: And like that, that part of it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't blame you for that. I'll also agree that there was a little bit too much going on as far as the many messages that were behind this this movie uh like they they started like enacting this plan like this plan started they they sort of launched it and they didn't really other than just showing that f- like they launched phase one they didn't really show the outcome of that like did this do anything did they end up pulling out of the eu like what where did that go
1: yeah how did people perceive him after all this went into place? I just, it seemed like everything moved rather quickly in those areas. And then it was like, we spent a lot of time with like Aisha and uh, her girlfriend,
0: which Lucie, yeah, that, there's which, no resolution to that.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't really like as much time is spent there. There's not a whole lot of progression to that whole arc. Which just seems seems kind of odd to me, you know, that you're spending time on a lot of these these narrative threads, but there's not a whole lot of progression to them, and then like the big stuff just kind of just zips by.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I will definitely agree with that. Although overall, I still think it, it's a really good really good time. I had a lot of fun with it. I thought it oh looked, yeah, <laughs> looked good. It's very funny. I loved the the one when they first brought him into the uh, the Lamborghini. What is it? Lamborghini genetics into Lamborghini genetics. And they, he told (laughs) them about what he visualizes when he's playing and they told him to draw a picture. (laughs) And when they showed the picture of the puppy that he drew, I just lost it. So funny looking. And he goes, I think, I think that looks pretty good. I think I did pretty good there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. He is fun to watch. His char- his whole character, is just, and then him in mittens. You you slap mittens on, you know, as a sidekick, mm-hmm. and it's just. I mean, honestly, I could I could watch that character in pretty much any scenario. I think.
0: Yeah, he's just so aloof about everything that's happening <laughs> around him.
1: He's he's so trusting. Yeah.
0: Uh, and he just. I-, I loved his house too. He lives in this like giant estate and everything in there like all the rooms it's just like he has his own he sleeps in his own bed sheets so like <laughs> very frequently they show him him in bed or other people in bed in his house and like the pillowcases are his face <laughs> and like every piece of clothing he wears has his name on it i'd say like 65% of the movie he just walks around in the house in his underwear that has his name on it yeah yeah, the, uh, After he grew the breasts and that whole thing of him trying to figure out what these lumps were and why, and why they showed up, uh, I loved it. Good times. Yeah, yeah. Times. I, I can absolutely recommend this. Uh, let's go ahead and give it a score. I'm sitting at like a seven and a half on this one. Okay, I'm sitting I'm
1: right around there. I'm going to say a seven.
0: All right, there you have it. Diamantino is going to be in limited release on Friday. All right, let's talk about some of what we've been watching. It's my turn this week. I don't really have anything of substance to mention. Oh, Oh boy. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of, like, not great horror movies lately, so I got caught up on the Into the Dark series that's on Hulu. Yeah. And if you're not familiar, what they're doing is every holiday they're releasing a movie that's like around that that's sort of based around that holiday mm-hmm. and they've released like maybe eight of them I think so far there's going to be 12 so there's, they're releasing one every month and I saw all of them uh, up to this point and none of them are good like none of them are good
1: <laughs> That's
0: unfortunate. I, I think like maybe the only one that I found to be remotely enjoyable was one called Treehouse, and this is uh, directed by James Roday. and it's about this this uh, celebrity chef who goes to his family vacation home and ends up being sort of kidnapped by a coven of witches. And that, that was like the best one, but even that was not great. Like these are, these are movies. I mean, most of them are an hour and a half long. So they're, they're like sort of billed as being movies. However, they feel like TV shows. Like they feel like, uh, an anthology TV show mm-hmm. and you have some like, Decent directors um, behind some of these. Um, I think uh, S- uh, Sophie Tikal directed one of them, and the latest one to come out uh, was called uh, "All That We Destroy." And this one starts off really, really good. This is directed by Chelsea Stardust, and this one like starts off really strong, but then just peters out so quickly and that seems to be what happens with a lot of them. Like they all start out with a strong premise, but then just slowly fizzle out. Mm -hmm. I liked the, uh, the, all that we destroy. maybe that one, maybe that one's my favorite. I don't know. That (laughs) one's, uh, that one starts off with a geneticist who discovers that her son is a serial killer and what she does to try to prevent him from uh killing more people is that she clones his first victim and so she just keeps cloning this woman over and over again and he and he keeps killing her over and over again. And she's trying to like figure out a way to cure him of his psychotic tendencies. (laughs) Like I said, good good premise, but it just kind of ends with me feeling a little bit meh about the whole thing. Hmm. <laughs> that's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, I believe uh, so Nacho Vigilando directed one of them as well. The okay. Christmas. He, he directed the Christmas one called Puka. Okay. Uh, that's the actually the only one that I haven't seen yet. I was kind of like because I didn't watch it around Christmas. So I was thinking about maybe saving that until we get to around the holidays, but I might just end up watching it.
1: <laughs> You're not gonna be able to do it.
0: Yeah, probably not.
1: You're not gonna be able to Anyway,
0: uh into the dark I would say just a, s- a series of mediocre <laughs> horror movies mm. at this point. There's mm. still there's still a few to come out, so maybe maybe they'll they'll pick it up uh in the future, but that's a bummer. Yeah. I I
1: uh, also have not watched that much, uh, mostly because of TV, and that's because it started Killing Eve. I oh, just yeah. started that this week. That's really good. I really like that show so far. So I got kind of obsessed with that. And then, of course, Fleabag came out, season two of Fleabag came out yesterday, or Friday, and uh, I love that show. So that's been taking up most of my time here. But I was able to catch a, a short film, about 26 minutes, on movie, also a Portuguese movie, called Flores, directed by Jorge Jacome, And this is like a, it's kind of like a, it's presented like a dock, but it's like a future dystopian thing where they, it's the entire population on the island of Azores is forced to leave because hydrangeas are taking over the entire island now in real life the real island has a ton of wild hydrangeas like it's ridiculous these hydrangeas are insane and they just take over like much of the landscape and they're just unbelievable looking so they just kind of tweak it a little bit and say that no one lives on this island anymore because you can't because all these hydrangeas so what it essentially follows is just these these two soldiers that are kind of based there and it's kind of their job to kind of clean up the hydrangeas or try to contain the hydrangeas from spreading and then it also kind of gives some insight into like various companies and how they utilize all these wild hydrangeas and everything and for me the thing the best thing outside of just seeing a shit ton of hydrangeas just massive flowers. I mean, they're beyond impressive is like the, the film itself is kind of tinted with the hydrangea blue. And it's, it's, it's uh, like the landscapes and everything. It's pretty uh, breathtaking. So it's definitely worth it. If you have a movie, I would check it out. It's 26 minutes.
0: I saw a doc called perfect bid. The contestant who knew too much. This is the documentary about The Price is Right. This is on on Netflix. This is one of these deals where I I had some time. I was like, cleaning. You know what? I'm just (laughs) going to put something on here. So this is a cleaning watch.
1: I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I think you need to start a, what you would call, cleaning canon, which is a canon of films perfectly suited for Adam Cleaning.
0: I should. I would I like should. to know
1: what those are.
0: Yeah, I should. Usually I, watch, usually I put on stuff I don't necessarily care about, like that, that I wouldn't feel bad if I missed some elements. Gotcha. Uh, so anyway, this is it's actually a pretty interesting documentary about this guy named Ted Slousen, who watched The Price is Right from a very early age. He watched it his whole life and he had, he was sort of a math. Oh, I wouldn't call him math prodigy, but he is a mathematician. He's very, uh, he loves math and he ends up becoming like a math teacher and he works on like generating questions for standardized tests and stuff. And he became slightly obsessed with the prices, right? And what he would do is create databases of all of the items On the prices right with their amounts and he would end up memorizing everything and he started going on the show and he wouldn't even even though he wasn't picked every time you he would like yell out the prices for people and help them win and he the amount of bids that he called out and was exactly right. Like to the dollar is incredible, like just incredible. And he started getting noticed and he ended up going to like, I don't know, like 30 plus tapings of the show. And he did get on the show once and Hmm. he did really good. But, uh, at the end, like the, at the showcase thing or whatever, you have to like spin a wheel. So it's pretty much random if you end up winning the whole thing and he did so he made it to that that point but he didn't win somebody else uh spun higher than him and so he stopped going after that after he got on the show he stopped going but then they changed the rules so originally the rules were if you get picked once you can never be picked again but then later they changed the rules so that you can be on again after 10 years. So he started going back to the show 10 years later and he didn't get picked again, but he did uh, end up helping this guy who picked on the like final showcase thing. He ended up telling the guy the exact amount for this one specific item, which was $23,743. He picked it exactly right. And there was like this big controversy that happened because the guy picked like, what are the odds, you know, that you mm-hmm. picked this number exactly right. So there was this big like cheating controversy and stuff. Like they thought maybe he cheated or he figured it, something out. So I don't know. It's, it's, um it's a light doc. It's not very well produced. There's this weird, like, Echo that happens in the movie, like I don't know if something happened <laughs> when they were filming it, but it sounds like there's just this big echo in a lot of the interviews. Well, that's weird. Yeah, it's very strange. Maybe, I don't know if it's just the Netflix version or what, but uh, yeah,
1: I don't know. There's a part of me that wants to watch it just just to experience the echo because that seems really weird. why would you keep that in
0: yeah i don't know i i I can only imagine that it was just how it was recorded like they're recording him in like a theater and but so i'm like what if you're in a theater why would there be that much echo like sounds like he's talking into a tin can or something
1: that's what and plus you would think after like you know the first day of shooting with him or even you know the the first couple hours like when you watch that footage or play that audio back you'd be like oh wow
0: yeah i don't know yeah, i don't know what happened i don't know what oh. happened so it it's uh i don't know it's it's a light it's a light recommend i guess it, it's, i mean if you're really into the the Prices right you do get kind of this interesting behind the scenes look at how the show works it's mainly yeah. like it's mainly about this this one guy though and just how yeah he has this like preternatural ability to know the prices of everything on that show
1: to have that talent, you know, to memorize like math stuff and to use it for the prices. Right.
0: I mean, he helped a lot of people win a lot of money. That's and I mean, he doesn't, he uses his skills for his, his regular day job too. So it's not like, no, in my mind, he doesn't, he doesn't it's do it. Like it's gone <laughs> it's to waste. Just, it's just, in my mind,
1: he's, that's where he lives. Is the price is right?
0: <laughs> he, I think he's. I think he ended up going to thirty-five different episodes or something like that. That's crazy. But there's a lot of footage of like when he was on before, and like they interview Bob Barker and they interview some of the producers and stuff. Did Bob Barker hate him? No, like Bob Barker was a good sport about it. Okay, that's good. Because like the host. You know, Bob Barker and now Drew Carey, like they, they want people to win. They're, they're rooting for people to win. Yeah. They don't they don't want them to lose. I mean the show might want them to lose.
1: I was just wondering if Bob Barker was kind of getting sick and tired of this guy.
0: You know what I mean? It'd <laughs> be like,
1: oh, this fucking guy's here again.
0: Yawn out. Maybe he did feel like that, but he—he, he, I don't think he would ever, like, <laughs> he knew, indicate that. He, yeah, he
1: knew well enough. Like, I'm not going to ruin my reputation. Yeah, just yeah. Saying that I hate this guy, just let him be. Let him have his little doc.
0: Uh, the
1: only other thing I watched it was also a doc, uh, which just played at the Maryland Film Festival, and I think its next screening is going to be at like the, the Sheffield. Documentary film festival, I think is what it's called. I'm not sure the exact name. I know it's Sheffield. Yeah, it's like uh,
0: Sheffield Doc Fest or something. Something, something along those lines.
1: Uh, and it's called uh, Queen of Lapa, and this is directed by Theodore Colados and his wife Carolina Monerat. And this is it follows Luena Munez, who is a transgender sex worker that has this like hostel type deal in uh, Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. So she has, I can't remember the exact number of rooms, but she rents out the rooms to other transgender sex workers. And she kind of just like overruns the, or oversees the the establishment. And she's been doing this for years in Brazil. I think that it, she started when she was 11 years old and this movie is when she's 59. So, and she's been pretty big in uh, in Brazil, starring in movies, cabaret shows, all sorts of stuff. And it's really just an old school, like, fly-on-the-wall doc where they just, the cameras on them, and just day-to-day stuff, talking bills, talking about the histories, just any little story that comes up. And then they also spend... A lot of time with the other transgender sex workers that are staying there and it's just a it's a really interesting doc and just you know just the way that that's kind of filmed i always kind of enjoy those docs where it's just you know it's just the cameras there and just minimal invasiveness and we're just just along for the ride essentially so if it if and when it comes out I would definitely check it out.
0: Yeah. Shout out to uh, Theodore, friend of the show. Yeah. All right, let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week. Got a couple biggies. Got a few big ones. We got Aladdin. Disney's Aladdin. Oh. Oh. Does anybody Does anybody think that this is going to be good? Does anybody desire this? No. It looks so bad.
1: And who's dir- it, who's directing this? Someone's... Bizarre is directing this.
0: It's um, it's Guy Ritchie, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and why? Why would you...
0: I don't know. <laughs> Who like, knows? I, I,
1: I don't have a problem with Guy Ritchie. He's fine. But this project... Why would you get someone like him for this project? I don't know. It's just... It, oh, my goodness.
0: It looks bad. It just looks so bad to me.
1: Oh, no, it looks terrible.
0: Everything about it looks... Really bad. I, I d- will say that the the new the latest trailer that came out a couple weeks ago for the Lion King that's the one that won me over for that movie. I'm actually very interested in that movie now. Okay, but this one, no, no, sorry, no. Uh, also in theaters this week we have Brightburn. This is the horror one about it's like an evil superhero. Oh. Guess it'd be a supervillain in that in that case. <laughs> you got there, you yeah. got there, buddy. It took me a couple steps, but I made <laughs> okay. it. Oh
1: yeah, that's right. They're called supervillains. <laughs>
0: uh, but he's uh, sort of like a, a Superman type character. Okay. Does I he just
1: start off as a supervillain, or does he like?
0: Nah, he, he switch over. Yeah, he makes his way there. You haven't you haven't seen any trailers for this? No, I've never heard of this movie. <laughs> he's a kid. He's like a he's like maybe thirteen years old or something. Oh boy! It's the same like sort of origin story as Superman, where there's this ship that crash lands. There's a baby on board. These two human characters raise them as their own because they're they were never able to have kids. Couples played by Elizabeth Banks and David uh, Denman. Okay. Right. I don't know. It's produced by James Gunn, written by Brian and Mark Gunn. I don't know.
1: Hmm.
0: Maybe this might be like a rental for me. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if I'll see this in the theater. One that I will be seeing in the theater is Booksmart. This is okay. the comedy directed by Olivia Wilde, starring Caitlin Dever and Beanie Feldstein. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Very into this one. Heard nothing, but great things. Correct. So I'll be, I'll be checking that out. Also in theaters this week, we have uh, Diamantino, Funny Story, Echo in the Canyon. We got The Poison Rose. Ooh. With John Travolta and Morgan Freeman. Literally oh, never heard of that boy. until right this second. Oh, boy. And that's it for theaters. VOD this week on friday we have after maria which is a netflix netflix series oh, okay. this is a doc i believe netflix They're doc. All, yeah.
1: everything's docs now uh
0: not the perfection which is also on netflix no, it's, it's a doc i don't know where you heard that but it's, it's a doc. well you're wrong <laughs> you're wrong wrong about that it stars allison williams and logan browning it's an an elegant and terrifying suspense ride filled with unexpected twists and turns. Oh boy. I'll be checking that out. Why not? Uh, also on VOD on Friday, we have funny story. Rim of the world is also going to be on Netflix. That's about four misfit campers who must band together to conquer their fears in order to save the world during an alien invasion. Oh, okay. That's directed by somebody. Who is that directed by? Like somebody notable. Let me, let me just plug that in yeah, real quick. Look it up real quick. Oh, it's McG. That's what it is. <laughs> directed by McG. McG. Back yes. at it. McG, back again. Back in the game. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm not sure if he was ever out of the game, but it's just like his movies are so generic mm-hmm. that you often forget which ones he directed. Yeah, that's what the G stands for. McGeneric, <laughs> uh, and then on regular VOD we have Avengement, which is the Sorry. worst title, Sorry. so bad. However, the movie ah. itself actually looks like it's pretty fun. It's a it's an action movie starring Scott Adkins. Okay, movie looks very fun though on blu-ray this week we have how to train your dragon the hidden world shout factory is putting out a collector's edition of earthquake from 1974 shaft in africa is coming out that's getting a new blu-ray released as is shaft's big score from 1972 shaft in africa is pretty good i never saw Shaft's big score
1: i don't think i've seen any of the shaft movies
0: all right she Devils on Wheels from 1968 is coming out on Arrow. Uh, White Chamber is coming out. This has 2018, but I'm pretty sure that came out earlier this year. That came out just like a month ago. Uh, a Dark Place, a movie called Trading Paint. It's a racing. Is it a racing race, top? Race it car? Race car? No, it's a... Uh. It's John Travolta. <laughs> 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 He's just in every fucking movie. Yeah, now. He's working. He's a working man. Oh, man. Did he not pay his taxes? Um, I I think it might be one of those situations. It
1: has to be. Yeah,
0: because he's just doing tons and tons of stuff.
1: Those guys are always given the opportunity to just make a bunch of shit movies to pay back their taxes, and Wesley Snipes goes to jail.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. What's up with that? But I think we know what's up with that. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Uh, that's pretty much it. What about Criterions this week? We have one,
1: and that's Let the Sunshine In. All right. It's a this is a contemporary release. Yeah. Criterion. Seems like they're doing it a lot more now.
0: Well wow, they love they love Claire Denis. They just They do. They, they do love some Claire Denis. Fucking
1: love her. So that's finally getting getting released. And it also has a short film on there that she made back in twenty fourteen, adapted from a text from the, the, the co writer of Let the Sunshine In. It's got some new interviews with her and Juliette Benoche. And then it also has a trailer. If you're into trailers, and that's it for special features.
0: Hmm. Sounds a little bare, but yeah, the, it uh,
1: seems...
0: the the short film sounds.
1: Yeah, but it seems like you could have. I mean, it's a new release,
0: right? You load it up. <laughs> Why not? Did you see that uh, they're releasing her? I think it was like her first movie in in theaters, or the or, well, no, sorry, they're releasing it on the La Cinema Club. Yeah, yeah, that's coming back. I saw that.
1: All that news. June
0: 14th, I believe. It's exciting. Yeah, they
1: are, They always have some good stuff on that website.
0: Well, it's going to be completely revamped. They're redoing oh, the whole thing. Watch out. New movie every week. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be completely free to everyone. Mm-hmm. No no subscriptions or anything. And you're going to be able to watch the movie for one week. And then it's going to be replaced by something else. Yeah,
1: stay on top of it.
0: Yeah. And it's they're doing uh, screenings, too, like theatrical screenings for s- some stuff.
1: Okay.
0: I mean, I'm, I'm sure that they're not going to be in your area. <laughs> but, <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't think so? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think the market's there for that. I don't,
1: yeah, I think you're right.
0: All right. I think that's going to be it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. If you have a minute, take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash filmpulse. Consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name is Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.